Hey, and welcome back to Fast Jet Performance. My name's Tim Davies. Today's post then is a little bit about the mind, what the mind does, and it all, all comes out of uh, something that happened to me the other day where I made a mistake flying. Now, I'm not being all arrogant when I say this, but I've got quite a few flying hours. I don't tend to make mistakes. I tend to kind of see them coming. That sounds awful because we all make mistakes when we fly, but the traditional mistakes that I used to make, I've kind of seen them now, and I, I recognize how I'm kind of going to make those mistakes. So uh, this was a bit of a shock, really, and uh, so I had to kind of recalibrate how I thought about flying and what I was doing up there in the air. So... Uh, this post then is going to be about uh, 10 minutes probably. Again, I do recommend you downloading one of those podcast device things, one of those apps, speeding me up to one and a half times so you get twice that learning in half the time, which is really what it's all about because we all are exceptionally busy. Fully understandable. Okay, here we go then. So familiarity kills pilots, a lesson for us all. Now, we've all done it, and if you haven't, you probably know someone who has. You're having a conversation, driving home from work, or watching TV when you suddenly realise that you can't remember the last five minutes of what you've been doing. A recent survey suggests that 23% of all car accidents happen within one mile of the owner's house, and over 50% within five miles. It's fairly obvious that familiarity is causing problems for drivers, and the resulting inattention costly insurance claims. It's no different with pilots either, but the results can be a lot, lot worse. Now, in aviation, inattention is often referred to as low arousal and is an issue that has caused many a pilot's demise. I was recently caught out by this and it made me realise that I needed to reevaluate my approach to flying. Now, I've been flying for 17 years and have over 2,500 hours, mainly fast jet. To an airline pilot, this figure would be laughable, but as any service pilot knows, the variation of content in military fast jet flying makes this number quite significant. But although the content on each flight might be diverse, the departure and recovery to the airfield can become very routine and it was on one such recovery that I was called out. The incident in itself is unspectacular. I was flying with another very experienced pilot who is also a fast jet instructor but converting onto my aircraft type. We were recovering the aircraft back to the airfield and in cloud at the time. Air traffic control told us to descend to 4,000 feet which my student instructor correctly read back. In the descent, however, he incorrectly stated that he was descending to 3,000 feet, an error that I did not recognise or challenge. Upon levelling at the wrong height, ATC corrected us and we climbed back up to our cleared level. It was a recovery that I had flown hundreds of times before and nothing had ever gone wrong. I realised that what I was suffering from was low arousal, a state where a person is reluctant to react to external stimuli and I filed a flight safety report to that effect. With hindsight, I realised that in addition to low arousal, I was also affected by something called outcome bias, which affects many in business as well as in aviation. Low arousal is common in pilots who spend the long part of the flight monitoring systems rather than physically flying the aircraft, such as airline pilots, for example. But being under aroused at times is not always a bad thing as the continued maintenance of an alert state can be fatiguing and can have a negative effect. You learn very quickly flying jets that normally the best thing to do in an emergency is nothing. Sit on your hands and take time to work out exactly what has happened. In fact, many minor emergencies have become major ones by a pilot leaping into an emergency without all of the facts, making a poor situation considerably worse. Here's a quote. There are very few aircraft emergencies that will kill you quickly. There are plenty if you act in haste. But outcome bias is something that I only discovered when I was involved in an accident investigation into a fatal crash in the RAF aerobatic team, the Red Arrows, back in 2011. 
The incident involved a colleague and friend of mine and the investigation proved quite difficult as I knew all of the pilots involved. During the investigation we discovered that the team had been flying several manoeuvres that they shouldn't have been doing. The manoeuvres had been flown that way for many years and when we told the team of our findings it came as a great surprise to them. In fact the manoeuvre that killed my colleague had not been risk assessed as was required as it was not deemed to be dangerous and had always been done that way. Outcome bias is a decision based on the outcome of previous events without regard to how past events developed. Outcome bias was present in this incident as everybody involved had not looked at the possible dangers of the manoeuvre and it was flown because it had always been okay. Nothing had ever gone wrong, so why should it now? The team's pilots also had a false sense of security about their flying as they had recently been assessed by a military agency responsible for the checking of flying standards and nothing was found amiss. Interestingly, low arousal was also a factor in my friend's death as there was evidence that he, he wasn't expecting to pull so much G on the manoeuvre that killed him. The team had just finished the physically demanding display routine 20 minutes before so they were less conditioned for the high G event which caused my friend to lose consciousness resulting in his aircraft crashing into the ground. So looking at my own low arousal state and outcome bias, I started to read about how to combat these two issues, which led me to learn about the brain's default mode network. Here's a quote. While we live in an age that is demanding breakthroughs, we live in an age that paradoxically refuses to allow us the time to achieve them. That's by a guy called Judah Pollack is an American guy, is an author, speaker and leadership expert, if there is such a thing. Right, the default mode network, or DMN, is where your brain goes when your body is physically engaged in familiar activities with goals that don't require concentration, such as showering, working out, going for a walk or daydreaming. The default mode network is essential in helping us plan tasks, review past actions and to improve future behaviours. In neuroscience, the default mode network is a network of brain regions that are active where the individual is not focused on the outside world and the brain is at wakeful rest. Have you ever wondered why you have your best ideas when you're doing something on autopilot or have just woken up? That's your default mode network kicking in. In the Western world, we have become conditioned to always being busy and find it hard to relax. In fact, many people feel that they are letting themselves down if they are not working 24-7. We are more focused and engaged than ever and find it hard to switch off. Our society only sees worth in practical, goal-oriented, non-time-wasting courses of action. The problem is that by never giving our mind a rest, we are unable to innovate. It seems paradoxical, but true. You see, in order to come up with new ideas, you need to find connections between things that might, at first glance, not seem related. This is called associative thinking. You could read a book on Sherlock Holmes and then watch a film about an expedition to Everest and not find any similarity or common purpose between them. But somewhere in your mind, you will have found a connection. But until you can access your default mode network, the answer you're looking for will remain hidden. Associative thinking is when you take two or more things that aren't ordinarily put together and understand how they can share a connection. When we are focused, we don't give our default mode network the time to function and come up with innovative connections. We overwork ourselves out of creativity. The default mode network is also on when you go to sleep. It's on when you are asleep and it's on when you wake up. 
but it goes off when you start to involve yourself in task-oriented or problem-solving behaviours. You see, most of us don't allow ourselves to think about things that we have little interest in. But by doing this, we are so, we're actually reducing our ability to innovate or create new ideas. Walking is a great and natural way to trigger the default mode network into action, and that's largely because you can take some oxygen in and it helps your thinking. So we can now see that there is nothing wrong with switching off if done in the right environment. In fact, it is essential in order to be creative and to allow new ideas to form. But like pilots understand, we must also recognise the dangers with doing familiar tasks and take care that we don't switch off until we are complete. Most people would think that the most dangerous times for pilot must be when they are flying low level, poor weather or supporting troops in conflict. But as we now know from the default mode network and associative thinking, the most dangerous times are probably the ones you least expect. We must be careful when things are going as planned, when we are comfortable and unconcerned about the task at hand. These are the times when low arousal is present, when we actually need to switch on. Remember that just because something has always worked for you, you mustn't think it always will. So be aware of outcome bias. Use NASA's technique of pause and learn. The aim is to appraise the process before the outcome is known because you know that when you see the outcome in the future, you'll be biased about it. So whether you're bringing your fighter jet home or driving your car back from the office, when you find your mind drifting off, it means it's time to switch on. Wait until you're home or in a safe environment before you decide to relax, let your mind wander and find that you've just come up with the next Facebook. Guys and girls, I really appreciate the support. I love the comments coming in. Uh, either on Facebook or on the actual website itself is pretty good. I get quite a few emails actually coming back. I always read every single email that comes in and I always respond, at the moment at least, to every single email that comes in. Obviously, I'm getting quite a few and that might actually, uh, you know, I have to kind of eat at some point. But I'm always interested in what people say. So if you've got a topic you want me to have a look at or you're, uh, you're interested in some part of psychology, whatever it might be, I'd really like to hear from you and I'm sure there's um, some crossover between flying and what you're thinking about. So let me know your comments, uh, have that discussion because only by having that discussion can we all really grow ourselves and progress as individuals, which is what Fast Jet Performance is all about. Okay, until next time then, Tim Davies, Fast Jet Performance. <laughs>